Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Father God, we, we thank you for um, that encouragement, God, that your grace was not just given, Father, it was lavished on us, God. Um, Father, you poured out... Um, Father, an immeasurable amount of grace, God, on us, Lord. No matter where we've been, no matter what sins we've committed, um, past, present, and future, Father, you have given us grace and your love, Father, and you forgive us and you woo us, Father, and you lead us to repentance, God, and so we're grateful, Father, for that. And so, Father, I just, I echo that video, God, that anyone who is coming in feeling uh, weighed down by sin or weighed down by struggles or any of that, God, would you remind them, Father, God, that you save them, um, and your plan is to see them through to the end, God. And so, Father, we, we thank you, Lord, um, for that. So remind our hearts, encourage our hearts of that this morning. God, would you bless Pastor Charlie as he preaches your word? Would you fill him with your spirit? Father God, would you use him mightily for, your, for us, Lord, for your people, Lord? And may we be encouraged, Lord God, um, in this time, Lord. We, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. Didn't y'all just see that video? Don't you want to praise the Lord? Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm excited to, uh, to be here today. I'm always excited to come to church. Always excited to be around you guys, to worship, to give God praise. It's, uh, it's what he created me for, is to give praise to him, to live holy for him, and to to be able to share with others the story and the words and the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? And um, so we're going to go right into the word. But just a reminder that we continue to pray for our pastor as he travels with his family and that the Lord will give him traveling mercy and that he will come back recouped and fired up and ready to lead us to the next place, the next level in Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles handy, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, and when you have it, say amen. 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 We're going to start on the uh, third verse. So it begins, it says, Paul writes, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of this world to be holy and blameless in his sight and love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with his riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed 
in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything and confirmed with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposited guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of his glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask that it will go out and do exactly what you meant it to do and not come back or return to you empty nor void. Father, we ask that you would walk it through the aisles and the pews into the hearts and minds of your people. We ask that you would strengthen them, encourage them, and gather them together in praise as a unified body, one body, one God. And we thank you, Lord. We ask that you would speak to me and through me. You say it, I shall repeat it in the name of Jesus. And let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemed, let the church say amen. Amen. We are chosen in Christ. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we are, because if, if we wasn't, I don't know where would I be. If I never heard the word of gospel, or the word of God, or, or, or heard the word or the name of Jesus, I really, I don't know where would I be. I, I, I don't know. I don't even want to think about it, to be honest with you. I'm just glad that he had me in mind before he even created this world. I'm glad that I was a part of his plan. I'm glad that I was a part of his thought. I'm glad that I was a part of the process that he, that he was creating and, and he had my name on his mind. He, he had me in mind when he created me. Are, are you excited that he had you in mind? You, you don't seem like you're excited that God, you're part of God's plan. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like it, but the redemption lavish grace here says that you are. Is that not, does that not move you? Does that not shift you that God had you in mind? We're talking about the consuming fire. We're talking about the creator of this world. We're talking about the creator of this universe. We're talking about this holy God had you in mind. When he, listen, before he even created, yeah, I know we have problems and issues, but he already gave you answers for your issues before the issues even came to you. The answer was already there. Christ has already died for us. Before I was born, he had, he had long ago died for me. So any problem that I have in life, I already know that God has already had it secure. I just got to have the faith to walk through it to get to the point of my deliverance. I, I don't... I'm chosen in Christ. I'm something special. I, maybe you need to say that to yourself. Say, I'm chosen in Christ. I am something special. Paul, the apostle of Christ, 
I like how he started this in verse 1. He said, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus. He said, the faith of Christ Jesus. He said, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's three things, three words that stuck out to me as I read this. First was the will, the purpose, and the promise. I want you to kind of remember that. The will, the purpose, and the promise. And I want you to wrap yourself in that. And I want you to know that you was a will of God, you have a purpose in God, and you have a promise on your life from God. That makes you something special. The Greek word for adoption to sonship is a legal term referring to the full legal standing of adoption of a male in the Roman culture. The Greek word is hegel, hegelai, that's how you pronounce it, refers to those who were set apart, those who belonged to God. I have a brother and a sister that was adopted. And I remember when my mom and dad was going through the first adoption of my sister. And she, she was older, and um, she was actually my brother's best friend, but she was in foster care. And we fell in love with her. We fell in love with her. Before the adoption took place, we fell in love with her. Be before, before we even considered her being our sister, we just simply fell in love with her. And she came to visit me uh, yesterday. And she's still a big sister to me. And you know how big sisters are. They still treat you like you're a little brother. And so she sat me down at the table, and she had this long talk with me to, uh, to straighten me up. And I walked away a little upset, but I love my sister. So here, we fell in love with her. She was our sister, and then comes the paperwork. So then we had to do the paperwork. And I remember my mom and dad going through the process, you know, and we would get upset when she had to go back to her foster care because it was like, oh, where, where are you going? You, but you live here. No, she didn't live there yet. She had to go through the process. Some of us, God has to take through the process, but he already had in mind that he's going to adopt you. He already fell in love with you even when you was in, in your worst position. Even when, when you were disconnected from him, he still loved you. He still had you as his child. I still had her in mind as my sister. I loved her before the adoption took place. When the ink was dry or before the ink was dry, we were celebrating, yo, this is our sister. Can we change her last name? <laughs> her parents said, there's no need to change her last name. Let her keep her last name. Well, she's ours now. She belongs to us. Jesus said, I don't have to change your name. I can call you the same thing they've been calling you for years, but you're mine now. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The blood of Jesus is on you. You're mine. I loved you. I loved you when we was disconnected. I loved you. I loved you when we, we, when we connected. I loved you. I loved you even when you disconnected again. I still loved you. And I adopted you as my own, your mind. And I set you apart. You ever be in a situation where everybody else is falling, but you're still standing? 
when things are happening all around you and it's really, it's really bad situations, but it's not really affecting you because he already set you apart. He already gave you victory. You already walk in the victory. You just might not know it yet, but you're still walking in victory. Why? Because you have the blood of Jesus on your life. And so here God is. He brings you into the family. You finally got you signed up in the book of life. Now you're his, and he's calling you mine, saying, I love you. I'm going to love you even more. But guess what? When you fall, I'm still going to have enough grace to catch you and forgive you. I remember as a kid, when it's time to go swimming, my dad used to say, fall back, fall back. You know how to swim now. Fall back, fall back. I'm not falling back. I don't know how to fall back. So I step in. I like to jump in. I like to see where I'm going. Not falling back. And when you fall back, you still look. But what happens when you fall by accident? And you fall into the pool. The water still catches you. The lavish blood of God, when we fall, it still catches us. And it still allows us to sink in maybe just a little bit, but then it'll push us up, back up to the top. Why? Because his grace is sufficient. The Bible says his grace is sufficient. It says grace to you and peace, which one of Paul's familiar greetings, he always say grace and peace, but we are saved by grace. And, and, and now you got to understand what Paul means. He, he, says, he says grace and peace. That's, that's the first thing he says when he comes in and he begins to talk. He says grace and peace to everybody. And you kind of look at that and you bring that to today and you try to figure out what was Paul saying. And he says grace and peace, meaning we all saved by grace. So we now walk in peace and in love for one another. So Paul is basically walking in the room and he's saying, hey, everybody, peace. Come on, group hug. Come on, let's come together, group hug. That's what he says. He says, we all, listen, it, it, hey, group hug. You ever step in a room and you see everybody and you see, and there's always somebody you might not know, but you say group hug and the person you don't know just come and join in. That's what Paul was saying. Let everybody in this group hug. Let's love on everybody. It doesn't matter if we know them or not. If they're in Christ or if they're a believer or if they're here, maybe we, if they're not a believer, maybe we can reach them if we just group hug them. Just group hug everybody together. Paul is saying grace and peace. Let's just come in the room. And let's just go and just love on everybody. Paul, in this one long sentence, he praises God for his blessing. He praises God for his blessings. That's the first thing he does. After he greets and he gives peace and he gives that group hug, he says, hey, let's give God some praise. Let's just praise him because guess what? At the end of the day, we was all sinners. But his grace lavished us. His grace came into our lives. His grace, we are saved by his grace. Christ Jesus included me in a plan of his salvation? The work of the Spirit that is led and leads us to all truth. He wrapped his Holy Spirit around me and keep me. And my thoughts sometimes wander in a different direction, but God's grace brings it right back. Though my foot may slip, God still catches me before I fall. And if I fall backwards, he still have enough grace, love, and lavish to catch me and to cleanse me up. As long as I just confess to that sin, it is God's will that we all be connected right back to him. 
It says, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in verse 1, who has blessed us with the heavenly realm and every spiritual blessing in Christ. He has chosen us in him before the creations of this world to be holy and blameless in his sight and love. Now, I know me. I was not always holy and blameless in his sight. But he looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. He looked beyond my, my, my sins and he saw the salvation of Christ. So he knew at some point I was predestined to be reconnected back to him. At some point in my life, I would be a part of this, 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 this plan of this magnificent God who sits high, looked low, who does all things perfect, and he had me, the imperfect me, a part of his plan. He had us a part of his plan. It was his will to save us. It was his will to love us. It was his will to heal us. No matter what we face, no matter what we come through, no matter how we are. Paul praises God for what he has done through Christ and reminds us as believers of the status and the privileges that we have as children of God being born and reborn in Christ. Paul blesses and highlights the role of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and he begins to praise God, and he begins to lift up everything that God has done, and he begins to pour it out to everybody and say, hey, and not only that, he gives away spiritual gifts. He gives away blessings. He, he made available his Son, Christ. He said, I, I gave you my only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. And if every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord and the glory of God the Father, they should be saved. We are part of something that's never ending. Even when our life ends. I did two funerals. And they said, can you talk, can you tell us a story about, I said, well, I, I only preach about Jesus. I can't preach to the dead. They had made their decision before they died. I said, but I want to preach to the living because they still have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. And so if I can get some people in here to accept Jesus Christ, that's what I'm going to talk about. So if, if, you, if, you, if you write it in the eulogy about the life of the person right there, but I've got to tell you about the God that I serve. When you come into this house, I, I want to connect you to Jesus, I want to show you about the lavish grace. I, I, want to talk, I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus. I want to talk to you about the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to talk to you about the love and, and the fulfillment of Christ. I want to talk to you about the great things of God. I don't want to talk. I know, I know you have some issues. The issues are, yeah, but, but guess what? He already died for you. He died for the issues that you have. So come on, live with me in Christ. Walk with me in Christ. Talk with me in Christ. Lift up holy hands in Christ. Why? Because Christ has done a new thing in you. And he can do a new thing in you. He can refresh whatever you're going through. He, he can heal any sickness. He can deliver you from any sin, any faults, any bad habits. He can fix that. Why? Because he already predestined to do it. And you just got to catch up with him. He, he already did it. Notice that Paul talks about the blessings. And he talks about it entirely. He doesn't individually give people, tag people with different blessings. Because he knows there's multiple gifts in the room. So these blessings express the full scope 
of God's ultimate redemption plan, that we are seated in heavenly places. That he's saying, he, he, he's saying to us that we're seated in heavenly places, saying that we have access, direct access to a heavenly father through Christ Jesus. You mean to tell me when I have these earthly situations, when this person over there gets on my nerves, I can go to my father and deal with that issue for me, Lord? I don't have to turn around and say, hey, you're getting on my nerves. I can go to God and say, hey, they are getting on my nerves. Can you do something with them? Most likely, he might turn around and say, I need to do something with you so they don't get on your nerves. That's the part we don't want to hear. That's the part that's challenging to us. We don't want to hear that. No, Lord, it's not me. Why is that person getting on your nerves? That person was made like that. I created that person like that for a reason. Why? So it can later in life show you that you have a problem that I need to deal with. And so then I got to go back to God and say, all right. And I got to go to that person that gets on my nerves and say, you really don't get on my nerves. I love you. Well, you get on my nerves a little bit because I got to be honest, but I'm trying to get over it. <laughs> and God is working. It's not you. No, it's no, it's not you. It's me. It's me. I need to deal. I need to just between me and God. Don't, you know, you don't, no, you can't help me. It's between me and God. And that's what he's saying, the relationship. It's between you and God. The salvation, it's between you and God. The issues that you deal with, it's between you and God. You deal with the issue instead of dealing with God. And he said, listen, I didn't give you access to me. Why are you worried about these earthly situations? He said, I, I, Christ already overcame this world. Why are you dealing with it? Go to God in prayer first and foremost. That's why Paul comes in. The first thing he do is let, let's praise God together. Let's lift him up. Why? Because anything I say, it has to represent him. Anything I do, it has to represent him. Anything I feel, it has to represent him. Everything that I, every relationship that I have, it has to represent him. Every time somebody see me, they got to see I'm in the representation of him. I got to act a certain way. God, I, I got to smile all the time. They call me Smiling Charlie anyway. I'm always smiling. Hey. But sometimes I, hey, and I'll be like, in the inside. Because I might be dealing with something. Not, and the first thing I do, I like to smile so you don't ask me what's going on with me because he's dealing with me about my issues. But guess what? At the end of the day, if I allow him to deal with me with my issues, then I'm going to be all right. I'm still a part of that plan. You gotta stay a part of that plan. It's that plan, it's, it, it's like, it, it's that plan. And, and Paul repeats this, the will of God, the access to him, the heavenly place. It's like even when you're at your lowest point, at the heavenly place, even when, when, when you're going through and you don't see your way out. He says, think about the heavenly place. Why? Because you have the purpose. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your life. It says in him, we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sin in accordance to his riches and his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in the heavens and earth under Christ. Paul refers to God's plan of salvation. It's now to reveal Christ to us. The plan included 
the unification of Jews and the Gentiles. Everybody come together and worship God. Come, anybody that wants to believe. He said, I sent my son for everybody. My beloved son. I can send him where I want to send him. That's how God is. He said, I choose who I want to choose. And somebody can always come back to you and say, hey, Charlie, that guy, is, uh, back in the day, he was, God said, I chose him already. I chose him before that. I'm not going to change my mind. It's already written. His life is written. He comes back to me. You just don't see it. Keep watching him. You're going to see something. What are you going to see? It's not going to be Charlie. It's going to be me and Charlie. God does not care about your past. He didn't choose you because of your past. He chose you because of your purpose. He chose you because he had a plan for your life. He chose you because he knew that at some point you're going to get it and you're going to see, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I'm not as bad as I thought. I'm all right. Why? Because the one who created it all loves me. And he chose me in himself. I mean, it's like, can I really fit in there, God? Is there... So you got to take that off first. You got to clean that off. You got to clean that, take your shoes off. You got to, nope, get, get rid of that pride right there. Oh, and that thing that you're still holding on, that person that did that to you in the second grade? Yeah, let that go too. I know, you're still waiting to run into them now that you're big and strong. I get it. But at the end of the day, he says, remove all of that. Now walk into the holiness. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not you. It's me and you. Let's get that together. You got to remind me that constantly. It's not you. It's me and you. Now you can walk in. Then you're going to carefully walk in. You ain't going to walk in all. I mean, you're bold now because you're going to a place that is a high place. You go bold now because it's like, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, but I'm going to go carefully, and I'm going to go humbly, and I'm going to surrender all to follow his will. And when you do that, oh, he loves it. He says, oh, give them plenty of gifts. Why? Because they can handle it. They're giving it back to me. God's purpose and his plan is revealed to believers through Christ. The focus point has always been Christ. The focus point has always been the redemption blood. The focus point has always been the life of Jesus. At the end of the day, from Genesis to Revelation, you hear about one person in every book, and that's Jesus. There's somewhere in that book you find it. He's in there. He walks in there. I always like to describe Jesus as the word that just laid on the, on the scrolls, and then he got up and was life. It just it looks good. And it makes Jesus, like, super cool. And then you're like, man, he just got up and just walked. The word became life. You know, it's just like, boom, there he is, Jesus. And then he walked and said, hey, come on, follow me. I guess I would have followed him too. I would have been like, yo, where you going? Especially if he would have told me, now drop the net, and I would have all them fishes. And I would have pulled them up. And he would have told me, hey, I'll make you fishes of men. I would have followed him too. Just to see what else this guy's going to do. So now, when he saved me, and he delivered me, 
and he revealed to me that he loved me and his grace lavished me. And he, and, and above everything else, when other folks still mad at me, Jesus loved me. And now I said, well, I might as well follow him for the rest of the way so I can see what else he's going to do for me. Because evidently they ain't going to do it for me. Nobody else is going to do what Jesus is going to do for you. I remember I had a friend that said, listen, if they start shooting, I'm out. You, you wouldn't stand there and die for me? What? Are you kidding me? I'm hitting the deck. I'm saving my own life. Jesus said, hey, i do it. When they start shooting, I'll stand in front of you. Matter of fact, I'm going to hide you in me because can't nothing touch me that I don't want it to. So it won't touch you if you stay in me and I'm in you. So lavish. That's privilege. I got privilege in high places. I talk right to God. I connected. No matter what, no disconnect. You mean to tell me I'm still good? Yes, you're still good. Why? Because he purposed me. Why did he purpose me? Because he promised me. He promised me. It says, and you also were included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, you got to respond to that. When you hear the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believe, he says, when you believe, you are marked in him with the seal. You are marked with him with the seal. I got a seal of approval. I don't know about you. I'm excited. I got a seal of approval. You mean I got access to God. I'm excited. That means I can walk through whatever is put in front of me. So if, if, if struggle, pain, discomfort, depression, sickness, doubts, fear, they see me coming. They got to, they, 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 and sometimes we give them more credit than, than they deserve. See, sometimes we don't give Christ enough credit with that seal that you got. You don't, you know, they see the seal coming. This is like, you, this is like them red and blue lights. They, they flash behind you and you pull them over. You're like, oh goodness, here we go. Oh man. But the first thing you look for is that, that badge. You look for that badge. If they don't got that badge, then, then something ain't right. They got to have that badge. And so when you walk through these situations, they, they look and see if you got that badge before they really raise up. Because if they have that badge, if you have that badge, they can't really raise up against you. You can give them power to do it by, by not walking in faith, by saying, oh, goodness, here we go with this. No, walk it out. Walk it out in Christ. Walk it out in Christ. Paul is trying to encourage us that God had you in promise. When you receive the message and when you believe, and have that seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is deposited guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions, to the praise of his glory. Listen, this is the, this is the thing. God is going to get glory out of you when he chose you. You're going to be in a situation. You're put in situations simply so God can shine his glory in a situation. We are the lights of the world, right? 
So if we are the lights of the world, God needs to shine in us, through us, right? And so when we walk into situations, God gets the glory out of the situation because the best time of our lives is when God turns something around that we can't have fix it and give us total control over it, or we give God control over it and we walk in faith. At that point, we become faith walkers. Ah, sound good, right? Faith walkers. Faith walkers. Ah. So no matter what your struggles are, before the foundations of the earth, God had you in mind. He already fixed the problem. He had you on the overcome list. You already been written on the victory list. You win. Yay. You win. I know, it seems hard. It seems like, ah, I'm going to do it. You win. It's over. You Listen, just show up. Because God has already been there before you get there anyway. Just show up. But here's the thing. This is the enemy likes to do. He likes to throw you a curveball. He likes to get you at the bottom of the ninth, two out, two strikes. Right? Like to get you there. Philly fans. And he likes to throw you a curveball. It's supposed to come straight and powerful. And the devil's not going to do exactly what you think he's going to do. The enemy's not going to do that. He's not, I mean, he's the enemy. He's, he's plotting just like, you know, he's plotting. He's, he's plotting. So he's going to trick you. He's going to wall it, and it's going to be a curveball. Just take the swing. Faith is loaded. Just take the swing. Have faith. Trust God. Take the swing. Trust God. He's saying, listen, I lavish you. I got you. I, you you're wrapped up. There's nothing that changed my mind. I got you. I got you. And you take the swing. It's a home run. Grand slam. God promised us victory through Christ Jesus. We are chosen for victory. We are chosen in Christ. He gives us victory. We are walking victuals in Christ Jesus. Paul writes this while he's in jail, in bondage, in chains. He's writing this. He's in the worst position that you can possibly think of. He's in chains, and he's writing this. He's encouraging you, and he's telling you, listen, God's grace is better than this. God's grace is amazing. God, listen, God, the blood, listen, the blood, it never loses its power. I don't care what you're going through. I'm in chains for crying out loud, and I'm still ready to shout. I'm real, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm in chains. I'm, I'm in prison. They got me, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you that God is still good. Listen, I'm telling you that you are good in God. I'm telling you, I'm trying to encourage you. I'm in the worst situation that I can possibly be in. And I'm telling you that God is good. And I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through, you don't got these chains on. You're good? All right. God is good in you. Then give God some praise. Clap your hands and give God some praise. Fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am the ambassador in chains, Paul writes. Pray that I may declare it faithfully. Paul wrote this in Romans, and I'm going to close. He's in chains, but now I understand some of his, you know, because Paul, the unique writer, 
And when he writes stuff, you, don't, you never think that he's in the worst position in life when he's writing. He's telling you something. He's filled. Listen, he's encouraging you and filling you up with joy, right? And he's in a bad situation, right? But he's telling you to be joyful and happy. And he's telling you that God is still good. Man, God got you in chains. And he's, and he's writing to encourage us. Centuries later, we're still reading this encouragement. Only the, only the word of God will stand the test of time. But he wrote this in Romans 8. He says, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. He said, we are accounted as sheep for slaughter. He said, yet in all these things, we are still more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, he said, I am persuaded. Listen, I know that I'm in chains. I know that it don't look good for me, but I am persuaded. He said, I am persuaded that this God that I serve, this Jesus that, 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 that met me on the road to Damascus, this one that shed the blood for us, the blood never loses power. The Holy Spirit is still with me. Though I am in chains, he said, though I am in chains and though I am going through, he said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor other, any other created thing. He he said, shall be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. He said, no matter whether death take me, he said, to die in Christ is to gain. I am free in Christ. And man can do whatever he wants with me, but God is my everything. God is my all in all. I will tell the people that, hey, Jesus loves you all the day long. Jesus saves all the day long. No matter what your struggle is, Christ is still the center point. Christ is still the center point. Christ is still the center point. Listen, in the eye of the storm, Christ is still the center point. And his blood never loses its power. He said, I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. I am chosen in Christ. I, I didn't think I amounted to too much, but I'm chosen in Christ. I don't have education, but I'm chosen in Christ. I'm at the pinnacle of greatness because I am chosen in Christ. With every head bowed, every eyes closed, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you will touch the hearts and the minds of your people. Encourage them, Lord, in you. Show them that you are still the way, the truth, and the life. And you come to love them regardless of them of their circumstances. You come to care for them. You come to save them. You come to heal them and deliver them. Father, meet them at their need. Touch them where they are. Father, you know their situations, you know their circumstances, but Father, you also are the solution. You know the solution. Walk them to the solution. Walk them to the joy of life. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Strengthen them, Father, in your joy. Let them laugh again. Remove all doubts and fear. Cast down the enemy.
cancel the assignments of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Raise up your people to walk holy and blameless before you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.